It's been over 30 years ago since a rock group named Timbuk3 put out a song with a name like Timbuk3. You probably only have one good song, and that was true of this particular rock group. They only had one hit. The song was called The Future So Bright. And at the time, it was many people interpreted it as an optimistic song that the future was indeed bright. But actually, the idea of the song was based on a bright nuclear future, based on the tensions between nations and the height of the Cold War more than 30 years ago. And at first glance, what appeared to be optimistic rather pervade a rather grim outlook on the world and the strain between different countries. But there is a phrase that sticks with me out of that song, and perhaps some of you are old enough to remember. The future's so bright, I gotta wear shades. And it reminds me that we all see things differently. We see things through different glasses, colored glasses. We see things through different lenses. And that's where the stories comes this morning, because we do see things differently, and we don't always see them the way Jesus sees them. Jericho itself is about 15 miles away from Jerusalem. It's about a 20-minute drive. It's all downhill. Jericho is below sea level. It's pretty close, unless you're walking like Jesus was walking. It probably took him a good four or five hours to make that journey from Jericho to Jerusalem. But we'd have to say at this point in his teachings, Jesus was probably not in any hurry. For three years, he had been headed toward Jerusalem. He knew exactly what waited for him in Jerusalem. And now it's only a day away. But according to Mark, he stops here in Jericho. And in fact, he performs his very last miracle before the cross here in Jericho. Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus and then the cross. Bartimaeus himself is a name famous to all of us, written in the annals of Holy Scripture. The son of Timaeus, Bartimaeus, son of. Bartimaeus sat by the roadside all day long, Day after lonely day, people passed him by, probably considered him part of the landscape. A tree, a bush, a boulder, Bartimaeus. It was all blended together. Sometimes we don't see anything at all, or sometimes we take for granted everything that we see around us. And he had been there so long that no one really paid him much of attention. That's life, isn't it? Don't people get used to the way things are? Don't people get used to the ugliness or the cruelties of life and just kind of pass by? Because if we didn't, our happiness would be severely limited. If we didn't ignore a lot of stuff, wouldn't our happiness be limited indeed? Blind Bartimaeus. Don't picture him now. Don't think about him. Don't get an image of Bartimaeus in your mind unless you're ready to stop and judge him. Don't form an image. Just let the image go. Let the picture pass on through. Like so many other pictures that all of us see, 
children with bloated stomachs because of their starvation, or the homeless people asleep on the grates in our big cities trying to get heat, or how about our seniors that are abandoned in homes because they're either too poor to feed or simply too weak to care for anymore. Just, just let those pictures go by. Don't stop unless you're ready to make a judgment on all of that. In our story, of course, it was no longer possible to ignore Bartimaeus. That was an image that was going to stick. The page wasn't going to turn, and the picture wasn't going to fade. Because as soon as Jesus passed by, he started crying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Shh! That's what everybody said. Shh! Probably shut up. He was an embarrassment. He was annoying. He was a dirty old beggar. He wouldn't go away. You couldn't just turn the page and forget about him. Their only hope was to keep on moving, keep their attention on Jesus. Shh! Keep moving. But like a foghorn in the dark, there's Bartimaeus going, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me again. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, what an embarrassment. But the embarrassment and the annoyance suddenly turned to anger. People got upset with him. He was ruining a perfectly good day. It was like boiling thunderclouds. There was an anger, a righteous anger, if you will. Shh, quiet. They had come to hear Jesus, and this blind beggar was interfering with their day. They had wanted to hear the old, old story of love divine, of truth, and of mercy. They wanted to hear about God's great acts on the earth. They didn't have time for this blind beggar. And who would fault them? Who would really fault them? What's wrong with the word of life? Who dares to criticize any of them? After all, this is Jesus This is Jesus. He's on his way to Jerusalem. Every word he utters changes lives. Every teaching is a pure, unadulterated gem. Every step is holy. Every blink of his little eye is God winking at this. This is Jesus. They wanted to hear the truth. They wanted to know the Lord. Here's Bartimaeus again. Jesus, son of David. Have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped. The cross would come in time. But for now, Pilate and Caiaphas, they'd have to wait. The soldiers in the garden, they would have to wait. Judas would have to wait. So would Peter. He'd have to wait. So would all of the disciples. They'd have to wait. In fact, history itself is going to have to stop and wait. I'm being called by a blind beggar. Jesus stopped. You see, he wouldn't turn the page. He wouldn't let the picture fade. He had heard the voice, and the voice would not be still. Business would have to wait. The class, the teaching... The meal, the trip to Jerusalem would all have to wait. Jesus stopped and said, call him. And the people who just a moment ago, who had said, shh, shh, now they say, hey, 
Take heart. Rise. He's calling you. Get up and go. What would you do? You'd do exactly what he did. He jumped off. He threw off his coat, probably with money already there, threw his coat onto the ground and ran, stumbling, falling, as only a blind man can do, trying to find a voice, not being able to see anything. Must have been a beautiful picture, almost like a little child running out the front door to greet daddy after daddy came back from a long trip. Here's Bartimaeus stumbling ahead toward the Savior's voice. No pride. A lifetime of begging had made pride absolutely impossible for Bartimaeus. Begging. What do we, what do we think about begging? Crippled men on sidewalks? Little cans, tin cans filled with pencils? Or maybe a guitar case opened up with a little note, give what you can. As somebody strums a guitar. Beggars, we don't care much for beggars. Rags, lice, dirt, loneliness. Oh, loneliness. That would have been the worst. The darkness was horrible, but to be lonely was a lot worse. Take heart. Rise. Get up. Go. And, of course, he ran. He ran just like you and I would run to meet Jesus. And Jesus says to him the best question in all of the Bible, what do you want me to do for you? The greatest question in the Bible. He asks us the same question, what do you want me to do for you? It's not about gathering personal information I mean, Jesus already knows that Bartimaeus is blind. The blindness is evident, perhaps even more evident than your blindness or my blindness. But Jesus is asking you, what do you want me to do for you, Angela? What do you want me to do for you, Molly? What do you want me to do for you, David? What do you want me to do for you, Kevin? How would you answer Bartimaeus had the advantage of knowing that he was blind, unlike many of us. Sometimes we pretend to see too well. Sometimes we think we see. We see things our way, not necessarily his way. So Bartimaeus says, Master, let me receive my sight. And Jesus, without pausing, says, go your way. Your faith has made you well. You catch that? Your faith? He didn't say, I healed you. He didn't say the Father in heaven healed you. He didn't even say the Holy Spirit came upon you. He said, your faith has made you well because you believed and you trusted in him. Is that the end of the story? Is that the end of the miracle? What difference does one blind beggar's healing make Does it really matter at all in our lives or the life of this church? It's Jesus' last miracle before the cross. And many who saw it that day didn't think anything more of it. And many of us who read the passage in Mark don't think anything more of us. We just let it go. But there's a little bit more that we need to learn. Because we should never forget 
the people in that crowd that kept saying, shh, shh, shut up. Don't forget the pictures. Don't forget the images of hunger and of poverty, of unemployment, and of social injustice. Because if you do, you're no better than everybody in that crowd. Shh. Be quiet. Not here in church. Surely we got to be better than that. We want to hear the words of Jesus here in church. We want to hear him teach. We want to hear him preach. We want to follow him. We want to serve him. We want to trust him. We want to love him. That's why we're here. But every time we make our faith too personal, every time we make our faith too much about ourselves, God puts a beggar in our path. Every time we think we know exactly what we're doing, God puts Bartimaeus in our way to make us think again and give us the opportunity of whether we're going to do something or whether we're going to go, shh. Now, if we do not stop like Jesus stopped, then we've joined the multitudes of people in that crowd. Shh, go away. And perhaps if we're really honest with ourselves, deep down inside, there are a lot of days that's exactly what we would like to be. We'd like to have a simple faith. We'd like to have an easy faith. Give me a faith, Lord, that doesn't cost me anything. Let me believe without stopping. Let me listen without interruption. Let me follow you without really seeing. Follow Jesus without seeing. Strange request. It's not what Bartimaeus asked for, but perhaps that's what we ask for a lot of times. Make us blind. I don't want to see. Don't make me see, Jesus. Get off my back. Go away. Bartimaeus, be still. We just want to sing our hymns of glory. We just want to lift up our prayers of praise, and please, Please, no more special offerings for the hungry. No more special offerings for the flood people. No more special offerings for the children. I have my own needs. I have my own needs. I wonder, did Jesus have any needs that day in Jericho? A day away from Jerusalem? I wonder if he stopped and thought about his needs, his hundreds of unanswered questions. What's going to happen in Jerusalem? What's going to happen to Judas? What's going to happen to Peter? What's going to happen to all these disciples who really want to be more famous than anything else? What's it like to die? What's it like to be crucified on a cross? You think Jesus didn't have questions? You think Jesus didn't have needs? He needed to tell his disciples so much more. They were still in the dark. They were hoping for a Masonic warrior. They were looking for a king. He was going to wash their feet. He was going to share with them bread and the cup in a way that had never been shared before. He would stand before Pilate and refuse to give an answer. And one more time, he would say, Father, if it be your will, Let this cup pass from me. But it wasn't the Father's will. Jesus stopped. 
before anything else happened, before anything else would be done, he was going to stop and help Bartimaeus, the blind beggar. And so if he calls you today, if he asks you as you leave this sanctuary, what is it that I can do for you? What are you going to say? What's the matter? What do you want me to do for you? Randall? Carol? Do you want to see? Do you want to see? Do you want to see what I see? Or are you just content to see what you see and have the faith that you have? Scripture says Bartimaeus received his sight and followed on the way. And I wonder whether Bartimaeus followed and watched or whether Bartimaeus followed and saw. There's a big difference. Many times we've seen without seeing. We've observed without comprehension. But you know sight, real sight, is only given to those who dare to see, only given to those who really want it. Just like Bartimaeus, restore my sight. You're just thinking it's physical, right? But it was spiritual. Isn't that what we all want? Seldom do we find God exactly where we think he is. He refuses to be placed into any type of box, whether it's denominationally or doctrinally or theoretically or theologically. Stop putting God in a box. He has one simple command out of this story. Stop. Slow down. You are going way too fast. You need to see what I see, says Jesus. You need to look around and see this world through my glasses and then do something about it. Do something about it. Don't just simply care. Do something about it. Stop going to sleep on me. Stop ignoring me. Stop pretending I don't exist or I just exist for your own personal faith. Start seeing the way I see through my glasses. And only then, only then will we really know how bright the future is. Not because of a nuclear holocaust and not because of the sun, but because of the sun, S-O. And only then will the future be so bright, I gotta wear shades. Would you bow your heads with me, please?